This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. And it is entitled, These Signs Shall Follow Them That Believe. Amen? Amen. These signs shall follow them that believe. I know that I, um, I know you were eager to sit down, but I would like for us to stand one more time. I was going to dismiss you after this. There was a reason why I had you still standing. I will, was going to um, have you sit down. But I want us to make a confession this morning. Amen. Before we go into the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. And I just want you to repeat after me. Amen. Say, our Father, our Father. who received the revelation this morning, we accept this revelation that is found in your son. There is no error in him. In this atmosphere, we declare there is no contradiction. We have accuracy and clarity in the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our hearts are open. As we behold your son. And see what you will do. To unfold and reveal him to us. Yet again in Jesus name. We pray that he is glorified. As he is glorified. And we are edified. In Jesus name. Amen and amen. Now you can take your seats. Amen. These signs shall follow them that believe. Our text is taken this morning from Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16 from verse 17. Mark 16 from verse 17. But what I have realized is that it is very important for us when we have a text to read the pretext and the post-text so that we can keep the text in context. Amen. We need to read the pretext and the post-text so that the text that is in, uh, in reading or that we are really focusing on can be kept in context and not out of context. So we have to see what happened. What is the scenario? We want to see how does it apply to the, to the, to the verse that we're trying to look at. So we're going to be starting that um, Mark 16 from verse 14, though we're going to uh, 17 is where the text is taken from. So let's read um, Mark 16, verse 14. It says, Afterwards, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and umbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. Somebody say, preach the gospel. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs, somebody say, these signs. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. 
they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord's working with them and confirming the, wor the word with signs following them. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. So we realize, and I said that it's important to read the pretext and the post-text so that we can understand what is happening. So from that post-text, we, we, we can draw the conclusion, a very valid conclusion, that this was the last thing that Jesus was saying to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. So some people have many different names for this particular scripture. And this particular part, you know, some people call it, say that it's the clarion call. And some people say that, you know, this is God, this is exactly what Jesus wants us to do. This is the whole reason why we are saved. So our salvation is not just for like, oh, yeah, well, I'm saved. Glory to God, I'm saved. You're saved. You need to make sure that you preach the gospel so that others can hear. Hallelujah. So that what? Others can what? Hear. The most important thing is in this life is to hear the gospel. Amen. The most important thing is for those that need to hear the gospel, they have to hear it. And how will they hear it except you take on the assignment, realize that it's not just Pastor Joyce who is supposed to preach the gospel. It's not just Pastor Koye that is supposed to preach the gospel or ministers that are um, assigned to a particular or local parish. It is everybody's responsibility. The fact that you call yourself a child of God, the fact that you have received salvation is the, the pressure, let me call it, because it should be pressure for you to spread the word, this good news that we call the gospel. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so Jesus was telling them, look, this is what it needs to be. I'm leaving. I'm going, to, I'm going up to prepare a place for you. Amen. I need you guys to get to work. Amen. Because in order for this to happen, people must hear. Because it is impossible to believe except you hear. Hallelujah. So it says, and he was saying in verse 17, which is our scripture that I, we said that, you know, we're drawing from, which is these signs shall follow thee. He says that as you're going, he says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. That is very key because it's important for us to understand that the reason why we're going is because we believe. When you don't believe, you're hesitant to go. So what we should ask is, why is it that we are hesitant to go? Because if we believe, then we won't be hesitant. You know what you believe. Hallelujah. Everybody is waiting to understand and know 15 or 30 or 60 scriptures because before they can spread the word. But the gospel is very simple. It includes your testimony. And I know that I've said that before, that you, the gospel is just letting people know, going somewhere, maybe at H-E-B, and you literally just telling someone, let me tell you where God has brought me from. Hallelujah, somebody. So it says that these signs shall follow those that believe. So it says, in my name, they shall what? Cast out devils. 
They shall what? Speak with new tongues. They shall what? Take up serpents. And if, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Hallelujah. So it's very important as we mentioned that we must believe. So the question is what do we, what do we, what do we need to believe? It says this sign shall follow them that believe. Amen. So what do we need to believe? We need to believe that, we need to believe Jesus. We need to believe in the word, in his word. We need to believe the, the, the gospel, amen, the gospel of Jesus Christ. These are the things we need to believe. Let's look at the scriptures to see exactly what is saying, what the, the word of God is saying about believing because it's very, very important. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed. Somebody say, I am not ashamed. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. Hallelujah. It is the what? The power of God for salvation. It is the gospel that is the power of God for salvation. Without the gospel, there is no salvation. Hallelujah. Without someone to speak the gospel, there is no salvation. Hallelujah. Without people hearing the gospel, there is no salvation. Without them hearing it, there is no believing. So there is no salvation. Amen. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for, I'm not ashamed of the gospel rather, for it is the power of God for salvation. To who? To who? To everyone who believes, to the Jews first and also to the Greek. Let's look at um, John chapter 1 verse 12. John chapter 1 verse 12. It says, and but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Hallelujah. So number one, those who receive him. Meaning like there was a prick in their heart. When they heard the gospel, just like you're hearing this morning, when they heard the gospel, something ministered in their heart. This, this right here is the truth. You know, there's something, the way that the, the, way that the Lord puts us together, we are able, there's something within us that even before we receive salvation, there is something within us that lets us know this here, this is the truth. This here this a lie. This here, I'm not really sure. Amen. There's going to be things like that. But when you hear the truth, it pricks your heart. That's why it's important for us to make sure that as we prepare ourselves to go and preach this gospel, we're not trying to do all extra stuff. Amen. We're not trying to add all this extra stuff. You know, the way it, it's put in the, in the word is like all these philosophies, this excellence of words. Like, you know, I must, be dis I must be distinguished. I must have an excellent accent. I must have a British accent. Or I must have an American accent. Or whatever accent. You don't need any accent. Just keep it simple. Hallelujah, somebody. The gospel is simple. Amen. The gospel is what? Simple. And so when we keep it simple, we understand that the gospel, it's, the gospel himself 
can do the work. Hallelujah. Just let them know what Jesus did and the word himself. Hallelujah. Notice I'm saying himself because the Bible says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. When the gospel himself is spoken, you don't need to do all the extra barakaka, dance the African dance and do all of this. It is not necessary. It is not what? It's not necessary. The gospel himself is more than able, is powerful enough to do the work. What is that work? To prick the heart. Hallelujah, somebody. We need to accept the assignment to preach the gospel. Amen. So as we're, as, as we, as we're looking at this, it says, but to, we're reading John, right? John chapter 1. It says, but to all did he, who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So as we are children of God, can we give other people an opportunity? Hallelujah. Because the same thing that happened to us is what, what this scripture is saying, and it needs to happen in their life. Amen. But to them, they need to receive him. How will they receive him except you tell them your testimony? How will they receive him? Why are you here this Sunday morning? Because you realize that this wonderful Savior is an intricate part of your life. Hallelujah. You realize that you need him. You realize that you exist through him and in him. I hope you do. And so that is why you understand that you need to come on a continuous basis to hear the word of God. Can we share that? By telling your neighbor, hey, you know, they preach the word. They preach a really wonderful word at my church. Why don't you just come one Sunday? You know, they don't want to come. That's great. They don't need to come here for you to preach the word to them. It is not only my responsibility or Pastor Koya's responsibility. It is every one of us' responsibility. So don't wait until your neighbor accepts to come to church with you before they hear the word and become saved. Hallelujah, because he said that, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them what? The right. Hallelujah. He gave them what? The right to become children of God. Hallelujah. Stop waiting for a ceremony. Stop waiting for them to finally accept to come to church. You can tell them about Jesus. Hallelujah. They need to hear so that their heart will be pricked, so that they can receive him, so that they can believe and believe in unto salvation. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. We're talking about what are we supposed to be believing? Amen. Ephesians 1 13. We're going to read 13 and 14 hopefully. In him you also, when you heard, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believing in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, hallelujah, until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory, hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, give somebody else an opportunity to know this Jesus. Ooh, mm, mm, mm. 
Try it again. Say to your neighbor, maybe the other person wasn't smiling. Say, say, give somebody else an opportunity to know this Jesus. Hallelujah. Say one more time. Give somebody else an opportunity to know this Jesus. I've said it before and I want to say it again and I would like for you to just receive it with love. Amen. A lot of us Christians, we are so caught up in wanting people that have wronged us to go to die. Yeah, let's, let's talk about die first. We want them dead and we want them dead now. Forget about every, everything else. Don't work it out. You need to go. You need to go now. You didn't hurt me. You hurt my son. You hurt my daughter. You hurt me. I need you to get out of here now. I don't want to share the gospel with you. There was a, com a comedian that was, he was joking, but he was saying, you know what? Um, how is that the Holy Spirit was ministering to me? There's this um, holiday that they have for Muslims in Nigeria. I don't know if it's Ramadan or whatever when they kill the, when they kill the ram. Which one is it? What is it called? Can I have an English, I mean, an um, a Arabic name for it? Ram is it Ramadan? Okay, Ramadan. All right, so he was like, you know, I'm, and I'm sure some of you, you saw, this, you saw this, um, this joke. He was like, you know what? I'm not a Muslim, but I enjoy that guy by my house who kills, like he kills that goat, and that goat is delicious. And then here's the Holy Spirit trying to tell me, be, uh, Ramadan to go minister to somebody so he can receive Jesus. He said, nah, I'm going to eat this meat. He can receive Jesus tomorrow. Because guess what? If he receives Jesus today, that meat, he's going to be like, no, I don't need this meat anymore. I am born again. Hallelujah. I'm a child of God. I have the right to be called. He said, no, we're not doing that today. I'm trying to get my meat. That's the thing with us, and it's not really nice, yeah? Because we don't know what the tomorrow of that individual holds. We have to understand that, you know, when you say it, people are like, what? No, 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 no. Hell is not made for us. Hallelujah. Hell is not made for mankind. God did not, he does not desire for any, 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 including that real terrible woman who hurt you, that real terrible man who hurt you, it is not God's desire for them to go to hell. It is not, I, I hope you're hearing me this morning, it is not God's desire for any to spend time in hell. Hell was not created for us. Hell was not created for us to spend time, whether half time, middle time, or eternity there. It is not God's plan, or else he wouldn't have come. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. Hallelujah. Not a group of people, not people who never did anything wrong, but he came for those who did the worst. Hallelujah, who committed the worst sin, both those that did it and did not do it, both the guilty and the, the one that was found innocent. He came for all of us. So we need to stop as soldiers of Christ, stop desiring for people to go to hell. Because hell was not created. That's not God's desire. If you're, if you're actually preaching to people, you're saying you're spreading, you want to you share good news, 
There is no good news in you telling somebody they're going to hell. Hallelujah. There is what? No good news. How about you tell them the good news first? Hallelujah. How about you knock? Can you imagine you knock on somebody's door and you say, you're going straight to hell if you don't change. They're going to be like, are you going with me? And they're going <laughs> to slam the door in your face. That's not good news. To tell me as soon as you, I, you knock on my door, I'm busy chilling with my husband, and you come and knock and I have to get up just for you to tell me that I'm going to hell. Some might say, well, I already know that. <laughs> tell me something I don't know. What do we have to offer? Is that it? To tell someone they're going to hell? They already know that. They know they're going to hell. What good news do you have for me? What have you brought me? It is not my Savior's desire for any to perish. Let's look at it so it doesn't look like, oh, you know, Pastor Josh, she's just making up stuff now. She a she heretic up in here talking about hell is not created for man. Hell is not created for man. It's created for the devil and his disciples. Glory to God. He's, it was created for the devil and all his demons. Those are his disciples. Just in case you're still thinking about that old woman that you thought, oh, no, yeah, she a disciple of the devil for sure. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. It says, for God has not destined us, us, us. Us. He's not talking about, I don't know who, how you want to segregate it. But I do know that the scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish. It is not God's desire for any to perish. We do not belong in hell. That terrible woman does not belong in hell because she may be terrible today, but could be your game changer tomorrow. Hallelujah. If they had crucified Paul, for all the things he did, he killed so many Christians. And you know what? Peter was ready to say, you know what? I, God had to start working on Peter little by little just so he can go and preach to such a heathen called Paul. I mean, he was, I ain't doing that. Jesus, you're going to have to do that one by yourself. He started showing him in a vision that, you know, why don't you eat this? And he was like, no, Lord, I can't eat what is not clean. I, if he would have just told Peter, go and do it, it would have been really difficult. So let's learn from their example. You must make sure that you preach to those that hurt you. Because unless you start, if you are truly saved, unless you start having the heart of your Savior, you are not showing forth his glory. Hallelujah. There is no glory in hell. Christ does not take glory in hell. The way that he takes glory is so that we, his disciples, ensure that nobody goes there. No human, no person that he died for goes to hell. So we must what? Preach the gospel. It says, for, it was still reading 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It says, for God has not what? Destined us for wrath, but to obtain what? Every person, hallelujah, every what? 
every person to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who what? Died for us. So that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. It is not, it is not God's desire for any, and I mean any, to perish. Can we already stop worrying about the people that are um, the ones that are the whatever something to your progress. How do they say it? The enemy of progress. Hallelujah. We are so focused on enemy of progress, we forget about our assignment. We forget that we are supposed to, we are here for a reason. I'm not just here to look cute. I'm here to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You, each and every one of you, under the sound of my voice, you are here. God allowed you to be saved before you die so that you can also share the good news. Because that's what he told us. Go into all the world. Preach in my name, and we're going to get more into it. But it says that we must understand. Let me tell you, I was watching, we went to Houston, and on TV, Joyce came on. And I was like, Joyce Myers, wow, like, this lady, she, she, she almost 80, if she's not 80. And she's still pumping, and she's still preaching the gospel, and she's still sharing about her testimony. And one thing that I realized, for those that still need to understand, that the people that hurt you the worst... Sometimes God will use you as an ex will use you as a tool for them. I don't know how many of you know the testimony of Joyce Myers, but Joyce Myers was raped for years by her. I'm not saying stepfather. I'm not saying any other type of father that adopted her. Her biological father was having intercourse with her regularly. And then someone was sharing, me, was sharing with me another aspect of that story is that at some point he let her, he was like, you know what, why don't you bring friends from school so that he can do likewise to them as well. Like he was a real pedophile. There was no way of shading it. He was a pedophile to the core. Not only was he destroying his own biological daughter, he was also wanting to do it to other people. And so I didn't confirm that yet, but what I, what I realized is that can definitely happen because when we watched all of us, we watched that Epstein um, documentary, not only was he doing certain things to those children, he was having them recruit other people. So this is something that is very believable. Amen. But one thing, I don't know if that part is true where he was trying to recruit other people, but I do know he was sleeping with Joyce. He was having sex, or let's just use the word, raping Joyce while she was a minor for years. And guess what? It was Joyce that God used to lead this man to Christ. Some of you will be like, you somebody else. I ain't saying he can't go with us to heaven, but you somebody else, because Lord, you know, you know I just can't. Praise God. But Joyce had to let herself or remind herself her purpose and her assignment. We have to have a heart of Christ. Let's even not say the heart of forgiveness. We need to have a heart of Christ because, you know, we're thinking about that guy but what about the sins that I committed? If Christ was to consider 
the sins that I committed, that you committed, that Joyce's dad committed, put all of it together, these people are too wicked. I can't go. Do you know that it took a lot of courage for Jesus to go through that process of dying? Because if it was just a gun that he was just going to receive a bullet, boom, it's done, it's over with. That's easy, you know. I know my, the psychiatrist that I'm training under, he was like, a lot of people don't know how to kill themselves. You don't blow it this way. You swallow the bullet. It's going to blow your stem. You're gone. I said, the blood is... <laughs> God forbid anything ever happened to you. I know, I know you had a plan. He just said, no, you don't blow it this way. You swallow the bullet. You swallow the bullet, it blows your stem out, you're gone. And I'm like, if Jesus had that option, he probably like, yeah, that's easy. I can just, you know, instant death, instant death. But to go through the process, the Bible says is that, the Bible tells us that he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised. Well, you see, bruised is very lightly on what happened. Bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes, we are healed. If he considered, I am not, a, I'm, I'm not, I'm not perfect by any means. If he considered my sin and he considered your sin, he should have said, I not, they're not worth it. We are not worth it, yet he did it. Except we have the mind of Christ. How will we have the mind of Christ? If we stay in, in Christ, if we understand who we are, we won't have a problem. He has equipped us enough, and I hope I can get to it so we can realize that he has equipped us enough to let us understand that we have nothing to worry about. Amen. We have what? Nothing to worry, nothing to worry about. Let's look at Acts, Acts 16. No, let's look at Luke first. Luke 10, 19. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I have given you authority. He's not just sending us just like that, empty-handed. He's saying, go. And as you're going, I have given you authority. He says, I have given you authority to what? Tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Notice it says the enemy. You only have one enemy. Forget about that person that the enemy is using to manipulate or to frustrate your life. That individual, that person is not the problem. It is the force behind the person. God desires, just like there was a force behind me before I received Christ, there was a force behind you before you received Christ. Amen. So it is a force. And so once that force, the only way the force is going to leave, let's use Paul as an example. The only way the force, the spirit of darkness that was telling Paul to crucify Christians left is because somebody preached to him. Somebody told him about Jesus. Somebody spoke the, the gospel to his hearing and it pricked his heart. They will never change. Look, the easiest way for you to stop them from chasing you is not fall down, die, fall down, die. They, first of all, they haven't died. They're still on assignment. The force is still forcing them and pushing them to do it. What can you do to stop the drama? In your village, 
or in your backyard or wherever they're doing the drama that you are afraid of. Get them the gospel. Preach to them the good news. The only way the force will leave them so that they can leave you is if the force is lifted. And the only way the force can be lifted is if their heart is pricked. And the only way their heart is pricked is if you preach to them. And the only way they can have a pricked heart is when they believe and receive. Once they believe, the spirit of evil will leave them. They will realize, was it I that was doing that? I would no longer go back to that because I am saved and I have given the power to be called the Son of God. Hallelujah, somebody. Acts 16, 16. Acts 16, 16. And it came to pass, as we went to, went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God, which shew unto us the way of salvation. Now, pause there for just a moment. This looks like this is a good thing. You're worried about those that is, it's, it's apparent that they're doing evil. How about those that are looking like they're good, but they're not really good. And you're busy fighting those that are, you know, obvious. And there's a whole lot that if the Lord revealed your eyes to, you will know that you don't have that many friends. Hallelujah, somebody. Because there's a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing. But the only way you can make sure that the wolves on the inside really wear the sheep, wear the sheep is by preaching the word. So you don't have to worry about who is with you or who is not. You don't have to play a guessing game. Make sure they hear the gospel. It will prick their hearts. When their heart is pricked, they will be transformed. It is impossible for them to hear the gospel and their heart not be transformed. Because I am confident that the word of God is powerful enough. It doesn't need my help. All I have to do is share it. It is powerful enough to be able to reach them. And they will be reached and they will be transformed so that we all know everybody that is sitting here, nobody is going to try to harm me because... They have heard the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, on a final note, and these signs shall follow them that believe. You don't have to be scared to go preach the gospel. You don't have to be scared like, oh, those people are bellows. They will tear you up. I know somebody was telling me that they went to Nigeria and they avoided some people. You don't have to avoid anybody because your job is to make sure that not only do they see Christ in your life, but you share the gospel with them. You don't have to be afraid because he says that this signs shall follow. We are busy following the signs, whereas as you become a believer, look, it's not just people who are called to be apostles, evangelists, and all those that have these signs following them. All you need is to believe. The Bible says it right here in Mark chapter 16. It says, and these signs shall follow who? Who? Them that believe 
All you need is to believe. Guess what? If you refuse to believe that this power is powerful, and that terrible person that you are just so dreading, they believe it. All they have to do is believe it. If you refuse to do it, and somebody else does it, and they receive the gospel, these signs will follow them. And here you are still hating in your heart. Here you are still worried about them. And they are already doing exploits. Because there is no category. There is no exception to those that God wants to save. Hallelujah. All they need to do is believe. And it says on a final note. That these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing. It shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Sin, let's stand on our feet. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.